to go over quite a few different verses today for you guys that, that take notes or like to write down the verses that we do and such. Uh, but John chapter 15 is what I would say is going to be our, our primary text for the message this morning. Let me start this morning by pointing out that if you missed the, the house of prayer, as we call it, the prayer meeting last Sunday night, you truly missed a blessing. We, we had an incredible time of prayer. We had an incredible time of gathering together, and I, I feel as though that God moved in, in incredible ways that night in certain lives, in individual lives. Not only was the music the whole time, uh, at least in my opinion, conducive to true worship, but it allowed one to truly meditate. It allowed one to truly just sit and pray. There was no organization other than the musicians that were here. And, and Mike was open for those who wanted to share scripture. And people were praying with others. And God truly, I believe, was moving in this house last Sunday evening. And, and I, I, I will share with you, I was personally blessed, especially blessed, I think, when a friend came and, and, and sat down beside me and didn't want anything other than to listen and, and to pray for me over the stress and the things that the events that have transpired in the last few months. And they just wanted to listen. No, no ulterior motives. It was refreshing for me to see that somebody just wanted to give of themselves. And it caused me to think about friendship this week. It caused me to think about what it means to be a friend, to have a friend, and to also be a friend. And I was praying about that when God spoke this message to me. And when I'm talking about friendship this morning, understand, I'm not talking about social media friends, which I would almost guarantee most of which are not really friends. Now, some of you may have friends that are also on the social media, but just because your thing says you have 500 friends on Facebook doesn't make it so. And I'm not talking about acquaintances, those people that we just somewhat interact with during the week per se. I, I, well, what I'd like us to think about and look at this morning is true friends. Those 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 friends that that are are, are very few actually. If you got more than you can count on one hand, you are incredibly blessed. I'm talking about true friends and that kind of friendship I believe is something that should be valued. Something that should be worked upon from both sides of that friendship. So as you turn to the book of John this morning, we're going to look there in a little while, but, but God gives us the direction and gives us illustrations and He lays out for us what it means to be friends. Now we all need friends, but I think only a few of us truly understand the basics about forming quality friendships. And, and, I, and I used to be just as guilty. I used to be that, that person that talked about how I, I could just have a house in the middle of 500 acres and never see another human being. That's not the way God designed us. That's not the way God intended us to live. He expects us to have friends. And, and a true friend is someone who, who you can interact with. There is a mutual affection. There is a mutual interest. There is a mutual respect for the things that you have in common. A true friend is someone who can come together and you laugh and you joke and you, you do things together. But the best friends, the best friends is even more than that. Those friends that you should hold dear to and work on that relationship are those friends who are helpers in times of trouble too. 
Those friends that, that when things are hard, when you start finding yourself behind the eight ball, when you're, you're stuck out at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and you have that flat tire, who is it that you can call? Where can you go? Who do you turn to? Those who are our advocates, if you will, when, you, when we find ourselves in need, when we find ourselves with, 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 with needs and hurts and pains, who can we call? Those are the people that are worth their weight in gold. When we have someone that will drop what they're doing because of that friendship that you have built one with another. Solomon once wrote, he said, a brother is born of times of adversity. And he goes on, but there is one who sticks closer than any brother, and that is God who is our closest companion. But a true friend is one who is born out of adversity, in times of adversity. It's when that time of adversity, when you are broken, when you are hurt, that's when we tend to see who our true friends are. And that's when others tend to see whether you are a true friend or not. Now Jeremy Taylor, I, I, I copied this down, Jeremy Taylor wrote this about friendship. I want to share it with you. It says, by friendship, you must mean the greatest love, the greatest usefulness, the most open communication, the noblest of sufferings, the severest truth, the heartiest counsel, and the greatest union of minds of which brave men and women are capable. Now those are big words. I don't think I could live up to Jeremy's ideology as to what it means to be a friend. But just think, as big as those words are, and as hard as it may seem to have that out there as an example, as hard as it may seem to have that as the goal, how much more awesome would this world be if everybody chose to step out and try to be what that friendship is? If every one of us tried to fulfill friendship, to be that person that Jeremy Taylor speaks of there, if every one of us truly tried to bring and, uh, something to the table that puts our self-centeredness to the side and focus on other people with all our heart, with all our intention, how much greater would this world be? If we've been focusing on self and started looking to others and started inputting into others' lives, now Webster, if you look up friendship in Webster, it says a person who knows well, who one knows well and is fond of. Or, second one, a person on the same side in the struggle, not an enemy. Or three, someone that is a supporter or a sympathizer. Whether you look at Jeremy Taylor's rendition of what it means a friend, or whether you look at the easier one that Webster presents, either, excuse me, either way, I believe that we can say that being within a friendship being a true friend, being and, and fostering a true friendship with other people is work. It's not just sitting there and being the recipient all the time. It's not just sitting there and allowing others to minister to you. If you want a true friendship and you want to be a friend that is considered worthy to be a best friend, then there is work that needs to be done and there is a relationship to be built and it's something that the two must do together. It has to be strengthened, not from one side, but from both sides. So being a friend means you've got to get out there. It means you have to interject yourself. Now, here's the good news. The Lord is our source for building our present friendships and for reaching new ones. God is the one who will inspire us. 
if we will go forth with the grace and the mercy of God, if we will go forth with the gifts of the Spirit that comes within us when we've accepted the Holy Spirit, if we will get out of the way and let Christ shine through us, you know what's going to happen? You're going to find friendships. You're not going to want to the, 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 uh, not assemble one with another because you're going to, the Spirit within you is going to want to bear witness with the Spirit who's in others and together you will grow together. The Spirit of God within you does not want to sit trapped and all alone. It's when we lock it up and try to do things on our own that we forget who we really are. You see, God desires us to be a friend to others. He has called us to go out and make friends. Now, I've heard some people say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm, I'm not a people person. Well, guys, that, that may be very well be true, but that's not a very valid excuse. It truly isn't. Because if you think about it for just a minute, one of the greatest things about being a child of God, we, we spoke about this in Sunday school just this morning, one of the greatest things about being a child of God is I'm not who I used to be. Amen. And in fact, not only am I not who I used to be, but He changes me and makes me into something so much better. Consider it for just a moment before you begin Christ and where you are now. Think of all the changes that God has made in your life, both within you and around you. Think of all the change that's been wrought since the Holy Spirit took hold in your life. Now with that thought right there, ask yourself, can He change me in the area of making friends. Of course He can. Absolutely. If He can take me from the sin-sick, worthless stuff that I was and put me on the place where I know that I will hear, well done, that good and faithful servant one day. If I, He can take somebody that was so broken and remold them, remake them, and put them in the blood of Christ, then He can change my character also. He is my strength. He is your strength. He is our supply. It is through the Spirit of God that I can do all things which means becoming a people person if he so desires it. He can change us into making those friends. Well, I just don't make friends easily. Well, thank God he does. Get out of the way and let him work. Let him interact with you and with those around you. And let him build and foster that friendship. We need that. We cannot change ourselves. I agree. I cannot change myself. I cannot stop the vices and the addictions. I might give it a good try, and I might be stubborn enough to do it for a little while, but if I really want change in my life, if I really want to change my character, if I truly want to change and become a friendly person, then it's God. God can enable us and bring about the changes necessary if we let Him do so. If we will quit being so self-centered and looking at ourselves and say, God, here I am. The beginning of change in our lives comes when I realize I need to change. When I realize, God, here I am. And praise God for that, that beautiful verse many of us know in First Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you remember the verse, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what's the next part? He is a new creator, creature, a new creation. That's right. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have been made new. It is a new creation. When I stepped into the presence of the Lord, when I accepted Him, I became a new creation. And that verse doesn't end with salvation, folks. It isn't, okay, I got saved and now I'm new. 
effort the rest of your life. He is continually forming you. He is continually working on us. God shapes us and conforms us to His image on a daily basis. I didn't get this perfect looking in one spot. <laughs> it took a long time to put this kind of ugly on. Every day God's working on us. Every day when we surrender ourselves to Christ. Every day when I get up and say, this isn't my day, this is the day the Lord hath made, I shall rejoice and be glad in. Every day that I choose to look upon the Lord and say, Father God, what is it you would have for me to do this day? Every day when I choose to enter into His courts with thanksgiving in my heart. Every day that I choose to look upon the Lord and say, Father God, I have put on the full armor and now I go out and know that the battle rages about me. What is it you would have me to do? He is creating me. He is molding me. He is fashioning me more and more after the guidelines in the scriptures, more and more to become the friend to others and the, the, the sustained friendships that he has had out there because I'm becoming more and more like him. Amen. And folks, and when I'm saying these things, I'm not just saying about Frank. Every one of us has his spirit within us. Now there are Guidelines within the scriptures. There's ways laid out there how to, to be that friend, how to have that friendship. And guys, let me share with you this morning. I think the primary thing is humility. We need to humble ourselves and acknowledge that we need friends, that there is an emptiness in our lives without them. Now, many men, do, they say, oh, I don't need anybody. I was one of them, yeah, bro. That's right. What was Tim Allen? I guess I'm aging myself. Never mind that. We think we don't need anybody else. I can do it all on my own. I shared in Sunday school this morning. I had to put an air conditioner on top of my RV, and I stopped and I was looking at it. I remember at least three or four times in my life, I threw that AC on my shoulder and walked it up on the ladder. Now I looked at it and I asked her, when are the boys off work? <laughs> I need people. We need people. And the more we look and interact with one another, the more we strengthen one another, the more we understand that we need that friend's love, the more we become what we are to become. We need a friend's love. When we have a true friend in our lives, that's when real strength is in the hour of our adversity. When we are not alone, we need to know that there's another person out there. There's someone who I can lean on. Proverbs 17.1 says that, that a friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves all the time, but a true brother, that friend who comes in and he's your best friend, he's that one, that she is that one, that in the midst of your adversity, when in the midst you need that prayer, in the midst of that trial that you're going through, in the midst of that emotional time, in the midst of that physical ailment, whatever it may be, there is that individual that you have fostered that relationship with that God's going to bring into the picture and you're going to be able to pray together. You're going to be able to stand together. You'll be able to sustain one another. God never intended for us to go it alone, guys. God never intended for us to be lone rangers. We need each other and others need us. Solomon, when he's writing in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, he, he, he's, he's thinking hard. He says, it is better for one. Excuse me, two are better than one because when one falls down, how great is the reward when there is one there to help him up. But woe to the one who falls and no one is there. 
for no one was there to help them up. That's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. I probably messed it up just a little bit there, but you know what I'm trying to say. When Solomon was saying to how, how great it is, how wonderful it is when you have that friend in the midst of trial, and you can pick up the phone and say, Brother, I need prayer. I was at a ministry meeting this last night, a motorcycle ministry meeting, and my sister was talking to me how her daughter, who still lives in Milwaukee, uh, had, had a complications to, to a surgery she had. She felt so horrible because she's here, her daughter's in, in, in Michigan, and she's trying to figure out what's going on. And her first thing to do after she hung up the phone with, with the, the, uh, her daughter at the doctors, her first thing she did then was call the sisters within that motorcycle ministry, and all those women came together and started praying. And they prayed, and it turns out somehow the doctor made a, a, a false prognosis, and everything's okay. Now, was it the prayer, or did the doctor mess up? We choose to decide that she got with her friends, and they prayed her daughter through that. Hallelujah. That's what we can do when we are brothers and sisters in Christ. When the Holy Spirit can join us together, two are better than one. Because when we stumble, we have a brother or sister who can pick us up. I believe that Mary and Martha felt so much better about their brother's death. Were they sad? Absolutely. But when their friend Jesus came in and was standing with them, they realized we are not alone. When we are looking to our, our, our friends, we need to stop and say, I want to be that friend that Jesus is to me, to them. We need to evaluate, if you will, our, our friendships and, and just who we are in those friendships. Because true friendships have to have sacrifice. In true friendships, sacrifice is going to be willingly made by one friend to another. In, in a true friendship, when that adversity hits and things are, are going the way that that, that seems to be a, a direction you don't want to go, we need somebody we can call out after all. And the Lord Jesus Christ gave us a supreme illustration of that. In John 15, starting in verse 12, this is what Jesus says here. He says, This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this than someone who would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it unto you. This is the command I give unto you. Love one another. In other words, he's saying, just as I have made this friend, I've shown my love unto you. You may not show your love unto me as well, but I love you enough that I choose to share everything with you. Now you go out and share with one another. You go out and love one another. You go out and share what I have shared with you. Folks, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for his friends, which is you and I. Those who he chose to call his friends. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. Now, we may not be called to make that kind of sacrifice for our friends, but we still have been called to make sacrifices. If we truly want to be the friend that God has called us to be, to follow his example, we need to realize it may cost us our time sometimes. 
If, you're, if somebody calls you at 2 in the morning and says, I have a flat tire and don't know what to do, it may mean getting out of bed and getting in your car and going out and helping that individual. Saying, hey, what, what can I do here? You see, the nature of true friendship, and, and I guess this is the nugget of what I'm trying to say, the nature of true friendship, it isn't self-centered, it's always looking out for other people. Christ didn't save himself off the cross because he was looking out to you and I. And he wanted to show us that love. Just, just like my friend last Sunday evening, they wasn't looking for themselves. They could have sat and prayed by themselves. But instead they saw me sitting by myself. They came and they sat and they prayed. And together we prayed. And together we talked. And I was able to stand up and say, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, someone once said that friendship doubles our joy and splits our grief in half. Think about that for me. If you have a true friend, when you're happy, your joy is doubled. Have you ever laughed and the person beside you don't even know what you're laughing at and they just are <coughs> laughing as well? Think about how, how much more when your friend that knows what you're laughing about is right there. Now, I've seen Kobe just laugh out of the blue. She kind of scares me. She <laughs> just think how that joy is multiplying. But when you're sad, when you're in that beaten down position, what does that friend do? They cry with you. They pray with you. And together you're sharing the heartache so that you're not taking the full load any longer. It's split amongst two of you. That's the nature of friendship, guys. When we can share the joy... And share the sad times. I pray that God will make you and I friendly. I pray that when we leave this church, that people will say that those folks down there in Southern Springs, they and they got something about them. They are just a friendly people. There's a spirit of godliness about them. There's a spirit of welcoming around about them. There's a spirit that just says, I can't help them. I just want to go up and hug them. I just want to know who they are. You know, Proverbs 18.24, when Solomon was right now, he said, a man that have friends must show himself friendly. If we want to have friends, then we need to be friendly. If we want to have friends, then we need to work on that from our direction. Think about it for just a minute. Do you influence people for the cause of Christ? Do you go out and share Christ with people? Because if you do, then you're going to realize you need to learn what friendship is. You don't just go and beat people over the head with the Bible. You go and you have relationships. And if you can reach in there and you become that true friend, that's when they're going to hear. They're going to say, you know, I, I value your opinion. I value what you think. I know we differ on this political thing or that political thing. We differ on this and we differ on that. But pastor or, or, or brother so-and-so says, why, why are you being a friend with me? Who is it that you serve? Well, let me tell you about Jesus who's a friend of mine. And we need to stop, guys. We need to, to, to ask ourselves, are we willing? Are we willing to be a true friend? What is the, the, the condition of our present friendships? How are we working in our present friendships? Am I being what God has called me to be now? Each one of us can stop and think about the friendships we have and, and ask ourselves, am I really being a friend here or am I really just kind of soaking in their friendship? <coughs> Are we actively looking to build new bridges 
Are we actively looking to see where are those new friends out there? Who is out there that I can share the gospel with? We need to ask ourselves that question, guys. Who am I as a, as a child of God? Am I friendly? Or am I sitting back there with a sour look in my arms crossed daring somebody to walk up and talk to me? <laughs> I have a feeling you're not going to share the gospel very often. <laughs> if you look like you're stuck on a lemon and sitting on your hands, nobody's going to want to hang with you. But if they see it, you know, I was, uh, there he is right there. I was sharing with Barry just this morning. I, it excites me to watch him over here jumping around when he's singing. <laughs> and he's not doing it for you guys. Look, he's just praising God. And it draws people to him because if he's praising God, how come I can't praise God like that? Hey, Barry, what's going on? Let me tell you about Jesus. I can't help it, but sing out loud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, we should be excited. We should be working on our friendship. We should be sharing it with others. And guys, I'm going to step on your toes just a little bit. You know what James says in chapter 4, verse 17? If we know God has called us to make friends, God has called us to share the gospel, then we also got to know what James says in chapter 4, verse 17. He says, To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If we know that we have been called to go out and make friends, we have been called to go out and make disciples, we have been called to go out and share the gospel, and we choose not, then James says we're called, we're sinning. We should be going before the Lord saying, Father, forgive me. I don't share commentaries very often, but I have another one to share you. This is what William Burkett says about John 15, 13. He says, here our Savior gives His disciples an evidence of the greatness of His love unto them, namely in His readiness to lay down His life for them, which is the highest expression of love to our dearest friends, because life is the greatest earthly blessing. Learn hence that Christ's love in laying down His life for His people was a matchless love, for whilst they were enemies to Him, He had a friendly respect for them, and never ceased till He had brought them into a covenant of friendship with His self. Christ is the friend of friends, even when they weren't friendly. That's something else I want to point out, guys. God has called us to be friends to others. <clears throat> and not always will that person reciprocate that friendship like you're inputting. But God still gives you the grace and the security and the knowledge of knowing that you have Him that's closer than any brother. And we are to continue to interject. And we are to continue to reach in. And you know what's going to happen? Slowly but surely as the grace and the friendship and the mercy of God exudes from you into that other person, the walls will start to melt down. The walls will start to tear down. And before you know it, that person may call you and say, Hey brother, my, 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 my wife is ill. Can you pray for us? Or hey, uh, you know, my motorcycle broke down. Can you come get me? And there's a little bit more and a little bit more. And then pretty soon y'all are, are, are praying together about other things. Speaking about other things. And all of a sudden there's a Bible saying, and then together, you're going out, you know what you're doing? Bringing in another friend into that relationship. They may seem like enemies at a time. You know, when I was studying for this message this week, I had to call a dear brother and tell him, you know, I was just thinking over the years that I've known you, I knew you were my friend. But I just truly, God drove home and made me appreciate just how powerful of a friend you were when I was not so friendly. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm your pastor, and I, I believe a lot of you folks think I'm just perfect and have everything right. No, I don't. 
Pastor, I say, when, when God points those things out to me, I didn't hear what you said. I'll get to you later. <laughs> I can tell by the chuckles you said something I need to hear later. <laughs> but when God does point these things out to me, you know what I'm quick to do? Act. Father, what have you shown me today? And share those things. Sometimes people aren't that friendly. You know it says in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 6, talking about our Messiah. Think of these words for the sake. It says, One shall say unto them, What are these wounds that are in thine hands? And you know what the Messiah says? Those with which I was wounded was wounded in the house of my friends. In the house of my friends. Folks, we need to be the friends that God's called us to be. Job had friends. You know what they told Job? You know, my brother shared out Job this will go. In chapter 16, verse 20, when they're talking to Job, they scorned him. In verse 17, chapter 17, they, they, they flattered him to build him up. And in verse 19, I mean chapter 19, they, they tear him down. They forget him. And later on in verse 19, it says they abhor him. And then in the 19, chapter 19, verse 21, it says literally that his friends show no mercy unto him. I don't think that's the kind of friends that we need to be. What kind of friend are you? What kind of person are you? James chapter 2 verse 23 is talking about Abraham. And, and, and I'm so glad James put that in there. It says that the scripture that's fulfilled that said that Abraham believed God and it was imputed, imputed unto him to be righteousness and he was a friend of God. How was Abraham a friend of God? Because he listened to the righteousness of God and did what he told him to do. Hallelujah. Folks, if we want to be friends to other people, if we want to be the friends that God has called us to be, and, and, and I would hope that you would want to be that, I, I, would, I would love to be that good friend. Now I understand true good friends are hard to come by. But it gets a whole lot easier and more of them when you start being that good friend. When each one of us chooses, and there's no greater model of what it means to be a true friend than Jesus himself. In fact, I would submit to you this morning, you can't be a really good friend unless you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For the true peace and mercy and grace that comes with friendship comes from that one who is a friend of friends comes from Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to start building those relationships? And you may have people already going through your head who you realize, oh, you know, God really was trying to build a relationship there. And I kept thwarting it at every turn. God was really trying to speak to me and I, I just kept turning my head away from this person or that person. I was always wondering, why would that guy get up in the middle of the night and go and do this? Or he was in a, in a meal with, with his family and, and realized he needed to go and pray with so-and-so. Now I see. Because God told him to get up and move for the friendship. To share the gospel. Do you have Jesus Christ as your friend? If you want to be a friend to others, then first of all, be a friend to Jesus. If you're here this morning, and you may say as we studied this morning about Paul, Paul was an enemy of Jesus before the Damascus Road. And you may be sitting here this morning and say, I have so many enemies. And I think even God may be my enemy. The great thing is, 
you are looking at him as an enemy. He's looking at you as his friend. And you may be shaking your fist, but his arms are open up saying, Son, I want to wrap my arms around you. You may be saying, I don't understand. And God said, I want to hold you till you do. But you have to make that decision. You have to make that choice. Where are you this morning? What is God saying to you? The first step of being a friend is not to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and friend. I pray this morning, as I said earlier, that when people interact with us, whether it be at our jobs, where, you know, I was told just last night, I had already kind of said it in other places, but it's kind of neat hearing it from somebody. I, I'm, I guess you could say I'm building a friendship. I don't know them that well. But he said, I just wanted to let you know that after seeing everything that's been going on in Florida, the way that your church has handled what's happened there, I saw the love of God in you. Amen. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And it's you guys. And I pray it's not just him, but everyone, I pray, when they see us out there, may they see the Spirit of God within us. And may they see that, hey, we, we don't have a, 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 a corner on the market. The love of God is for everyone. But you're not going to be able to show it unless you know it. So the question this morning is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, He said that I have come so that you, that you, can know me. And as He said there, I have shared everything with you. And I feel just accepted. Anyone who believes that He is the Son of God, that he died and rose again on that third day. He said, if they confesses that with their mouth and believes it in their heart, so shall they be saved. Amen. And he will be, just as Solomon said, closer than any brother. Brothers are born out of adversity. When he says brothers, he's saying close friends are born out of adversity. But there's one who's sticking closer than any brother. And it's God. It's Jesus Christ. You don't know Jesus. That decision will be made today. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how are your friendships back into the world? Because it may be time to quit looking to self and look to Christ. And then Christ will say, look out around you. Reach out a hand. Shake a hand. Give a hug. Don't change a tire. Build a wall. Whatever it is that God's telling you to do. Let's go make some friendships with Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're going to have a, a call of invitation. We all would stand and the band would come up. Praise the Lord. If God's speaking to you this morning, if He's telling you that it's time to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, or maybe He's telling you that you've already accepted Him and it's time to come down and, and you want to join the union, relation and union with this church, you do that today, or maybe you just need to pray for that brother or sister that you have been reaching your hand out to. Or maybe you need to pray because they've been reaching to you and you've been the honorary one. You've been the one that's, that's been turned into cold shoulder. This altar will be open and this time is between you and the Lord. It comes down now to what say you. You can't stand before the Lord one day and say, well, I, you just never gave me the power to make friends. And he's going to say, no. 
Not only did I give it to you, I had the bald-headed guy down there tell you about it. <laughs> Where are you this morning? As we pray. Father God, I just come before you today, and I just thank you that we have this opportunity to realize and recognize that though we may seem in our own minds to be friendless, if we would open our hearts and our ears to your direction, we have friends all around us just waiting to be cultivated. Help us to speak with wisdom, with grace, but yet with power. And may we be the men and women you call us to be, not just to build earthly friends, but to build your spiritual kingdom as well. God, may God will be done in the hearts of your people this day as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God speaking to you today. This altar will be open. I'd love to pray with you, speak with you. Let's do what God tells you. If God tells you to sing, sing it out.
Well, this morning we do have a couple I'd like to, if you'll grab a seat, just a couple I want to present to you this morning. We can do those later, guys. Michelle, you want to come on up? Michelle is coming this morning. Any of y'all know Michelle? She's been here a while, but she is coming this morning. She knows Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. She is coming this morning, she said, and she's just wanting to renew her, her membership and just let everyone know that she is a member of First Baptist Church Southern Springs. Bobby, come on up. Bobby's coming this morning. Bobby's accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior.